Today's podcast is sponsored by Hearable, the book reading subscription for people who are too lazy to read by themselves or simply too much of a dullard to know how. When you take out a Hearable subscription, a peasant will follow you around as you get on with your business. No, not that sort of business. And they will read a book to you while you work. Hearable offers a wide selection of more than six books, including The Half-Life of Cheese by C.J. Cheddar, The Importance of Being Important by Lord Bunting of Lee, Adventures in Crop Rotation by Jess Frimlington, Candles and Their Uses by James Lucerne, Memoirs of a Blanket Weaver by Amelia Textual, the best-selling Tale of Two Mid-Sized Towns by Charles Spiggins, and uh, that's the entire library. Hearable is only three groats every full moon. All the tabletop role-playing news, we aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse. And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I am Russ, a.k.a. Morris, or Morris, a.k.a. Russ, and with me this week is... Pete Coffee from the Southampton Guild Role Players. Wrestlers are absolutely delighted to be here. Um, also, I think we're getting on for quite a milestone coming up, aren't we? What's this? Podcast 97, 98? 98. 98. 98. Does that mean in two more podcasts? In the next podcast will be our hundredth podcast. No, the next one will be ninety nine, and then May well, we the did 50th. start on zero. Uh, technically, yeah, I suppose you're correct. Yeah, we did start uh, on zero. So number ninety nine is our hundredth podcast. Yes, uh, we should probably make some sort of celebration for that, unless we yeah. celebrate our hundred and first podcast, which would have a nicer round number. Let's just stick to number one hundred. That's just easier. Oh, like ninety nine. Besides, we've arranged, we've arranged our guests to come in on number 100. <laughs> Actually, I do have a special request to our listeners. Uh, special request to the listeners? Yeah. For our 100th podcast, our 100th birthday, yes. in a sense, uh, yes. it's about two years. It's not 100th birthday, not for two years. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> if you have the time... And if you have the inclination, it would be really, 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 really lovely and marvellous if you could send us a little email just saying happy birthday or making some comment, witty or otherwise. Or even better, if you're feeling brave, if you're feeling really brave, feel free to record yourself saying something and send it to us at the email address, which is morrispodcast at gmail.com. And I don't know if we'll use them all or if we'll use them at all or what we'll do, depending on how much we get, because I know we've asked some of our previous guests to record some stuff too. So we'll see We'll see what we get, but it would be lovely to hear from some of our listeners. Because we don't often hear from our listeners, to be honest. We, we don't. Yeah. When we do, it's always been a positive yeah. experience, except for that, that one guy who said he's never going to listen to us again. I'm like, eh. Yeah, apart from that one, go yeah. So yeah, for, for our hundredth, oh, yeah. hundredth yeah. we're recording our hundredth on May the fifteenth, which is in two weeks. So basically, you got yes. a week. If you can get it to us within the next week, that oh, means we can get quick. those to Daryl on time. Yeah, that's, that's a true. week in advance, we can mess around with those and do whatever he needs to do. Do we have a format in which we would like them to be submitted? Um, well, I assume everyone's going to be operating on different platforms and different things, so I think we don't want to be too demanding. Just, I'm yeah. sure Daryl, as long as it's a standard audio format of some kind, I'm sure Daryl can use it. Yeah. 
Try, try, try to keep it as background noise-free as you can. Uh, and minimise the profanities. And make sure you're wearing headphones so you don't get the echo of your own voice a millisecond later. Nah, that's fine. Don't that's record kind of in a submarine. Don't record yeah, on the, the bottom water. of the well. Now, do record at the bottom of the well. If you can record at the bottom of the well, do that. Yes, but we want, po- we want pics. We need to see pics for this. Actually, if you can record on a submarine, just go ahead and do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's fine. fine. We're not going to discriminate against you just because you work on a submarine. Yeah. That's yeah. fine. You, you yeah. record us a pro, mate. All right, then. Do you? Underwater's probably not a great idea. Unless you're Actually, in the submarine. The if you're in the hard. submarine, yeah. it's probably yeah. a uh, Assuming the submarine is filled with air rather than water, absolutely. Yeah. Also, much though we'd love to, we can't accept submissions recorded using a tin can and a bit of string. No, unfortunately, we cannot. It's, it's, purely, a, it's purely a tension issue. Hmm. Right. Yeah. So, shall we crack on and do some RPG podcast news? Do some news. I, I it's thinking, been a bit of a news oh, we're, we're, we're never going to have any news, are we? It's going to be a bit of a newsworthy week. I know. I, 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 it's so newsworthy that even I know about some of the news that's going on. I, and quite frankly... And for someone who appears on a news podcast, Peter, that's just <laughs> unprofessional. Knowing, actually knowing about the news. I, I know, I'm, I'm feeling really good about it. I'm like, oh, oh this, is, this is unusual. news is before I record it. <laughs> uh, but you know, the first bit of news I've got here, right? Yes, yes. It's kind of a bit of good news and a bit of bad news at the same time. I suspect it depends upon your perspective. Um, well, this one's about um, um, Modifius, as, oh. all, as, uh, as all RPG news really is. Oh, yeah. Has it ultimately shall end up be, yeah, yeah. But uh, on, I think it was Sunday, Modifius sent out an email. Yes. And that email travelled through cyberspace, through the air, on various radio signals, through wires. Uh, I mean, I realise it can be a slow week, but if you stop padding so shamelessly, that would be awesome. (laughs) But it it eventually ended up on my computer screen. Modifius' email. Yes. Said that... They are giving away John uh, Carter of Mars in PDF format. Ah, uh, John Carter of Mars in PDF format. I think you would agree that that is good news. Um, well, yes, yes, I do. I, I really like John Carter. Um, I understand if you use the code word Barsoom, then that would be very helpful. Yeah, unfortunately, there is some slightly bad news attached to that. Is a slightly bad news that this is no longer true. Uh, yeah, because they sent out the email on Sunday, and it was yes. until the end of the month, which was Thursday. Oh. So you've so, missed it. Wah. Sorry. So we had no chance <laughs> to tell our listeners about it, because we were recording on Friday, which is before Sunday, yes. and now today, Friday, is the end of the month. Yes. So it's like, why do you, why you got to do this to us, Modifius? Why why you got to troll us like this? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> serious guys. Like, we, we, we want to tell people about your stuff. <laughs> It's yeah. a problem of being too popular. I understand. They oh, were well. prepared for that level of downloads. The servers would just melt. Oh, well. Yeah. Um, they, they also did say that their warehouse is resuming shipping as well, which is also good news. Yes. Oh, okay. Medicius and Paizo warehouses have resumed. Yes. Um, I assume they're, you know, social distancing at the warehouse. And... Hmm. But do you know what they've probably do? They've, they've probably uh, invented like, brand new robots with really good artificial AI, and they're doing it for them. Seems like the logical choice. That seems, I think that's probably what's happened. Mm. Yeah. Um, there's also good news that is just good news. Oh, unadulterated good news. And doesn't have a side, a side dish of bad news. Is this, is this actual good news? This is, yeah. Okay. Well, then hit me. Good Games. 
Yes. Do you know they do their um, original adventures are reincarnated? Yes. Well, they have announced their latest one. <gasps> and it shall be. Is it a classic? Well, yes, it is a classic. It is, is it one that virtually everyone will have heard of? I expect so. Is it one so good there's already a Player's Companion app out for it? Uh, maybe? Oh, well, what's the module that they brought out? I, I just want to make something up now, just to annoy you, but I, <laughs> I'm not uh, thinking quickly enough, so I won't. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'd like to say that's a surprise, but we're pretty much used to it by now. It is the Temple of Elemental Evil. Ah, fantastic news. It is a repackaging of uh, classic modules T1, T2, T3, and T4, the Temple of Elemental Evil. Yes. Uh, It will have the original material, as they always do with their things, because you you end up with a great big hardcover book. You get the original material, scanned in and cleaned up. Nice. And then a whole, like, new 5e version of the adventure in the second half of the book. Exciting times. Yeah. Uh, also, because, because this is a bigger one than usual, I mean, mm-hmm. they've done several of these, but this is their well, biggest one. this is one. four modules rammed in together. Yeah. So uh, this is actually going to be released as a two-volume hardcover slipcase package. Goodness. Because they can't fit it all into one book. I'm sure there's logistical reasons for that. Like, you know, you can only have so many pages in a book before the spine starts going, nope. I don't know how big the each book will be. I mean, I know I've got some books that are good 700 pages long, hardcover mm-hmm. books. I don't know. Um, well, you're, you're more knowledgeable about the physical attributes of books than I, so why, why put it in two? Um, uh, yeah, um, um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they have their reasons. <laughs> well, to be fair, they're, they're packing eight modules in. Uh, because they've got, like, basically two of each of the four modules, yeah. so maybe that's why. And then they yeah. do all their commentary and all that sort of stuff. Oh, excellent. Design and, design and then a bunch yes. of handouts and stuff, so it all adds up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Gets quite chunky. Yeah, quite chunky. Maybe it's to save on GM's back so they don't have to carry them around everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Also, you can sort of, like, have one on each side so you don't fall over sideways. Like, balancing Ooh, out. Distribute the load. Yeah, yeah nice, that's nice, probably nice. why. I can't think of any other reason. That must be why. It's the only logical explanation. So you can dual-wield them. <laughs> ah, I see. Well they, well, they do sound quite chunky, so they'd be good melee weapons. <laughs> Have some more D4 damage. Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. <laughs> I, feel, I feel I'm in a bit of a silly mood today. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Oh, well. Uh, anyway, Wild Mount. Yes. Uh, that um, a critical role was setting, and the explorer's guide to Wild Mount came out. I'm familiar. Uh, I didn't actually get it. Did you get it? Um, no, no. It's like I don't know. It's sort of like it's official D and D, but it didn't feel very official to me. Like I quite quite like what I've seen of Matt Mercer. He's got some good ideas, and always being a fan of your players is something that I can really get behind. But mm. I I don't find my attention span allows me to sit and watch other people role playing for four hours. Except when I'm GMing. Well, it's not, it's not so much that. I mean, the book itself yeah. is kind of... I, I tend to be a bit of a collector of these things and I get them all. But um, it kind of hit at the same time as the pandemic started gearing up. and Yeah. yeah. Uh, it just ended up not fitting into my my day-to-dayness of picking up. Yeah. I will do at some point. Well, I mean, if people are interested, they do have uh, Explore the Wildermont uh, Dark Star Venture. 
mm-hmm. which is um, suitable for character levels four to five. Sorry, what is that? Dark so Star? It's, uh, World of Mount Dark Star Adventure. It's uh, the quarantine resources from D&D Beyond. Oh, I see. Yes, yes. Um, it's a sample adventure suitable for four to five characters of the seventh level. Uh, 45 to... characters, did you say? Yes, 45 characters as opposed to four to five, <laughs> because 45 is a very reasonable number to... <laughs> Where, 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 where's my backhand of doom <laughs> option? Anyway. In, fact, let, in fact, let me... Uh, there you go. If I do that... There you go. You can see uh, on the screen uh, the various um, campaign content sharing. I see. That's yeah. pretty exciting. Yeah, yeah. So they're doing all sorts. Um, they're doing two... They're doing both the starter packs, although Lost Minds of Vandelver, they'll stop doing... For free on May fifth, but Dragons of Ice Bar Peak, which is the latest starter adventure, they've got that until May twenty eighth, and they've also got Sun the Citadel and Forge of Fury. Mm. Yeah, so there you go. That is part of the quarantine program where they like release some stuff you can play. Anyway, the news item I was uh, <laughs> I was trying. To... We're going to talk about the news. I thought it's a related. It was about We talk about world about. I talk about the quarantine version. Of the free adventure. Yeah, we're just like halfway through about. the sentence. Well, if, I, if you can't get to the end of the sentence. I just want to speak fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you should. <laughs> um, yes, Wild Mount's most popular subclass is what I was going to tell you about. Oh, yes, yes. Because D&D Beyond shared some of their stats again. And they shared uh-huh. two things. They shared Wild Mount's um, subclass distribution. Mm-hmm. And they shared the spells that people have prepared from Wild Mount. I can see you're excited. I'm super excited. <laughs> so, is the... I want to say Echo Knight. Is yes. That... I... So there's three of them. Three different Echo Knights. Uh, no, there's three different subclasses. Oh, that's better. Oof. There's the Echo Knight. Knight. Yes. The Chronogy Magic subclass. Yes. And that the... is Dunamancy. And the Graviturgy Magic subclass. So the Echo Knight has 49% of uh, subclasses. Chronogy has 30, and Graviturgy has 21. Right, so someone's hammering gravity. Good to know. Hmm. And then with spells, uh, they've got quite a lot of spells. I won't read them all out. So the most um, popular World Month spell is Magnify Gravity. That seems like a good one to choose. And it's followed by Fortune's Favour and Pulse Wave. Pulse wave. 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 Pulse wave. Wave. Okay. Pulse wave. Okay. I'm waving. What more do you want? And the, the least popular is Ravenous Void. Ravenous Void. Ravenous. Ravenous. Rabbit. <laughs> oh, ravenous. Sorry. Ravenous. Ravenous. Okay. So there we go. Um, I'm sure that means something to people who are following the show. Not this show, but a different show. <laughs> so, I, I, feel, I feel vindicated now. <laughs> Hey, should we do our famous, famous, famous and very, very popular segment, uh, Convention Cancellation Watch, which oh, we are well known for across the world? Yay. Yes. Yes. Go on, tell us what excellent... No, terrible news. <laughs> so, UK Games Expo. Yes. Was delayed. It's no longer delayed. Yes. It is now cancelled. Oof. For times. Completely cancelled. It was going to be in It was going to be in May, then it was going to be in August, and now it's not going to be at all. Seems legit. Everyone gets a refund. Sounds good. Or you can roll it over till next year. Mm, like it. Nice. Yeah. Um, there's no surprise there, to be honest. 
yeah, I can't, I can't. I see nothing wrong with this. It's uh, literally circumstances beyond their control. Mm-hmm. So PlytoCon, you know, that was cancelled. Yes. Um, they have announced uh, the online, PlytoCon online, May 26 mm-hmm. to 31. Exciting. End of this month. Yeah. And then finally, the last item in our, our popular and famous segment, um, Convention Cancellation Watch. Yes. Is Gen Con. Yes. Gen Con isn't cancelled. Ah. It's 90 days away. Actually, it's 89 yes. days away now. Yes. By the time you hear this, it's probably like 88 or less. Unless but longer. it isn't cancelled. However, they have delayed event registration. Interesting. So they're just kind of okay. in a holding pattern, keeping an eye on it at the moment, I think. I think they're probably going to have to cancel, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they will. I imagine yes. it's just like legal stuff. At the moment, I'm sure they yeah. kind of know that they're going to end up cancelling, but until they're until legally they in the game, they can't, their they, can't, they can't say publicly. Yeah, yeah. I guess. That's, com- that's complete conjecture. We, we have no idea. Like, no. you know, uh, this isn't a news podcast at this point. It's a wild speculation podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's get back to some more news then. Yes, yes, more news. Oh, we news. got some news about the Alien RPG starter set. The Alien RPG starter set. Alien uh, RPG starter set, yes. Which looks absolutely lovely. Mm. So, uh, well, so, so yeah, you know you know the Alien RPG by Free League? Yes, which you're very keen on. Free League, who are also people who did Tales of the Loop, uh, etc. So yes. I have that, and it uses their Year Zero engine. Yes. yes. But you can, now, um, you can now pre-order the starter yes. set. Ooh. And it also includes a new adventure called Destroyer of Worlds. Ooh. And if you've already got um, the Alien RPG, you can just get that adventure as well separately. I see. The Colonial Marines box set adventure. Yeah, it's bloody lovely. But you know what I'm really looking forward to? Not so Why much this, because I've got the actual RPG. Mm-hmm. The, the, the full hardcover. I'm really looking forward to Gale Forces 9 Alien board game. Ooh. And not not because not because of the board game, because it comes with a crap load of miniatures of aliens ah. and colonial marines, and I'm going to get it just for exciting. them. Exciting times, yeah. Um, the, I, I I must see this. I uh, I have things. I already have plastic that needs painting, but I could always get more. <laughs> well, I don't know if I paint. No, I almost certainly wouldn't paint. Yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not crap for you, Russ. It's it's not all about you, man. Whereas it's literally got your name on the podcast. But yeah, it's got consistent me as well. I thought everything was about me. I thought everyone else yeah. was just extras in my, my TV show. Uh, Isn't that how is. life works? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, where, where was I? Yeah, yeah so anyway. Um, this, uh, it looks exciting. This box it's out. got uh, fairly, fairly chunky boxes there. Mm. And uh, the story of Worlds comes with the scenario book. A huge double-sided map with a colony and a space elevator on the other side. Five regenerated characters and custom cards for weapons, vehicles, and personal agendas. Yeah. Well, there's player maps and handouts. That looks pretty sweet. Yeah, and the starter set itself, you get a rulebook, yeah. a 48-page yeah. adventure, five pre-gens, another double-sided map, one yes. with um, one showing all of space. Mm. And That's quite, quite one shows and four plans, and then game markers and custom cards and and dice and stuff. Yeah, stuff. And, and also, and this is pretty cool. Um, it, the scenario adventure is called Cherish of the Gods. So, for all you Eric von Daniken fans out there, 
uh, they've got like some serious call out going on. Right. So, um, comic relief next week, next Friday, Friday on the seventeenth May, May yep. at seven p.m. British summertime. Uh, is being streamed. Yes, I believe on the D and D Twitch channel. I guess I'm not sure yep. where exactly. I'm pretty sure that's the one. Yeah. So, comic relief is playing D and D. Yes. For charity, for coronavirus pandemic-related charities. Yes. And would you like to announce who it is that's going to be appearing on this uh, epic, epic, epic event? Well, um, Sue Perkins, Sarah Pascoe, Nish Kumar, and Ed Gamble will be the players, uh, which is pretty exciting because that's some pretty talented and some very smart people actually there which is yeah, quite some fairly prominent there. british comedians yeah, yeah uh but the thing that's most exciting for me is the gm is a chap called paul foxworthy foxcroft like, even uh paul foxcroft yeah yes is it okay fair enough well anyway hello foxy <laughs> from LARPing. uh because i've also seen them do the the indie uh with celebrity show at the edinburgh fringe previous in previous years and it was bloody fantastic. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's going to be a really exciting, uh, really exciting view. I am excited. Yeah, you should be. I think you've yeah. also got Paul on, on Twitter as well, so you can drop him a thing and say we uh, did a mention for them. Yeah. So um, a few people were kind of like, oh, I hope it's not going to be too, you know, nerd shamey. Um, no. I, I, I have no fears about that at all. Um, me neither. But I, I, did, I did mention it on Twitter and Sue Perkins replied. Oh, first, truly, you are living. You are living. You are living in a, in a sort of like celebrity bubble. Keep this up, and you might make Z list at this rate. Yeah, to be fair, uh, I wasn't the only person she replied. <laughs> no, no, that's it's really. I don't think she was being choosy, but I was no, one no. of the people that whose tweet she happened to obviously stumble across. But I said, uh, looking forward to it. Hopefully, not too heavy on the nerd shaming, and more towards the embracing of geek culture. Yes. And she said, full lean in. Full embrace. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm, that's very much what I'm expecting. This this is going to be quite good. Well, she also later said, it's not a piss take. I love D&D, and yeah. I am, I hope, one of those nerds. I could well believe it. Comic Relief, it said, said, we won't turn for any mickey-taking. Everyone is here for the fun of the game, to have a good laugh, and hopefully raise some money for a good course. That's cool. I, I mean, let's face it, it is an inherently ridiculous cop. Uh, hobby, which we take the mickey out of all the time. But there's, there's ways of means. Ways of means. Ways of means. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sarah Pascoe yes. um, said, hey, I promise it's not that. Mm-hmm. And then Sue Perkins um, came back and said, I second Sarah. I fucking love D&D. Whoop, whoop. So, well, sounds like it's going to be good. So there you go. Sounds like it's going to be awesome. Yeah. So that is next week, 7pm, UK time. Yes, BSC. Twitching. Twitching, you got to get a Twitch. You got to Twitch. You got to use a Twitcher. You got to do the the, the the Twitch. I'm twitching as fast as I can here. Come on, help me out. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine it'll be on YouTube later as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you should probably stream a show or something at some point. Mm. That'd be terrible. No, let's not do that. Anyway, but no, no, quite relief. No, I'm, I'm I'm definitely going to be watching that, and I strongly encourage you if you get the chance to have a look as well. Although I suspect it will be start at something like. 10 p.m. for parts of America. So, no, it'll be earlier for them, not later. You got it the wrong way around. Oh, I got it the wrong way around. Which way will it be? Lunchtime. About, about midday. Okay, well, you know what? If you fancy taking a four hour lunch break on a Friday, 
<laughs> you can just tell your boss that Pit Coffee from Morris's unofficial tabletop role-playing talk said you totally could. I don't recommend this, but you totally can. I'm okay with this. Well, I imagine everyone will still be at home next Friday afternoon. It seems likely, yeah. Yeah. So uh, why, not, why not watch the comic relief? Take, take, take a long lunch break. What? Watch some D&D played by some very, very talented comedians. Hmm. Hello, your editor Daryl here. Just to save my fellow Americans a bit of time googling, 7pm British Summertime is 2pm Eastern, 1pm Central, 12 Noon Mountain, and 11am Pacific Time. The stream will be broadcast live on the D&D Twitch page, and there is already a Tiltify page set up for donations and polls to affect the game. Links for both in the show notes. My name more news. More news. More news. This is Wizards of the Coast. This is D&D related again. You know what it is, don't you? You know what's coming. You know what's coming. I do. Yes, that's probably the biggest piece of news this week. But technically, it's not even news. Is it not? Is it's it just not? that something came out, which... Oh. Um, so Chris Perkins has mentioned something in a tweet, which had everyone go, Huh? What? Who got in? So, so um, for uh, the last year or so... Yes. People yeah. have been kind of wondering where Mike Moles has gone. Yes. Because Mike Moles was head of the D&D team. Yes. He was, you know, calling the shots over yes. there on the, on the tabletop design front. Yes. Uh, uh, but since last year, for over a year, he's kind of been in, gone. He hasn't mm-hmm. been posting on Twitter. He hasn't been seen doing any streams or any of his um well, uh, various videos there was there was a book released i believe by him last week uh some products from his do you recall uh no so what you're thinking of was yes. necromancer games yes. was doing that indiegogo yes. where they were resurrecting an old manuscript of his from oh, many yes. years ago when he was a freelancer ah, and thank converting you, it to fifth edition so it's not he only remembers doing. these things. There's nothing yeah. to do with him at all now. They didn't let so him out of his box. So he's, 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 he's kind of vanished. Yes. And his last tweet was related to that uh, Zach S incident last year. Uh, yes, person we know has Zerk Subit. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah. Or Zachary Smith. For so, so, you know, it's basically been silent ever since then and people are kind of wondering where he's gone. Uh, we uh, suddenly found out this week that uh, the current head of the D&D team and executive producer is Ray Winninger. Wow, so they've been head of the D&D team for like the past year? Well, I don't know when he actually started, but okay. um, uh, someone asked Chris Perkins uh, uh, uh. on Twitter... Oh, mm-hmm. So what's Ray Winninger's job, and how does that connect to Mike Miles? Yeah, and and Chris Perkins said, uh, "Well, um, actually, Mike Miles mm-hmm. uh, no longer works on the tabletop RPG team, and hasn't <laughs> since sometime last year." Ooh. So basically, Ray Winninger, it sounds like, is doing what Mike Miles was doing. Mm. It's just that it kind of happened quietly. Mm-hmm. So I make it. Why make a fuss over who's heading up the D&D team, obviously? Well, um... It's not like it's an important product or relative in any, relevant in any way to the role-playing community. So people are kind of wondering what happened to Miles. So a lot of people were jumped up and said, oh, he's been fired and this sort of stuff. He hasn't. He's still working for Wizards of the Ghost. Yes. And I think it was like last summer or something, he did an interview with Polygon about Baldur's Gate 3. So I think what most people are thinking is probably he's uh-huh. just been moved... From the tabletop RPG over to either branding or the video game or something like that. And told to stay off social media. 
he's been he's not on social media he's not he's not doing any of that anymore and I think that's probably good because I think he did I don't know I want to be careful however he's, he's, he he's, he's he made some bold choices yeah just yeah. to try the full yes minutes and say he, he made some brave decisions bold choices in a truly courageous atmosphere <laughs> <laughs> yeah or the opposite of that yeah <laughs> anyway um, Ray Winninger did, did briefly introduce himself Yes. Uh, so he goes, uh, my name is Ray Winninger. Oh, I'm is the this new the executive producer. Dragon Magazine? Sorry? Is this the interview in Dragon Magazine? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, it, it wasn't an interview. It was just kind of like the uh, uh, front, page, front page monologue, editorial yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, so my name is Ray Winninger. I'm the new executive producer in charge of the Dungeons & Dragons studio at Wizards of the Coast. Uh-huh. In just a few months on the job, I've already... So he's been doing this for a few months. Yeah, I've already been impressed by the skills and passion of the designers, artists, artists, editors, and production staff who bring you our terrific D&D products. They are a uniquely talented group, and it's an honour to work alongside them. So uh-huh. he's, he's been doing it for a while. Uh-huh. And I bet you're wondering, who is Ray Winninger? Yes, I suppose that is a relevant question. Yeah, so Ray Winninger is Winninger. Winninger. Uh, he's an RPG industry veteran. He's okay. been around for ages. Uh-huh. Uh, he's, he's done a lot of stuff. There's no point even uh-huh. starting to list it. But uh, he was co-designer of DC Heroes uh-huh. and of Torg. Yes. He wrote okay. um, one of the one of one of the favourite um, columns for Dragon Magazine, Dungeon Craft. Oh, uh, he's worked at a bunch of RPG companies. He's worked uh-huh. at TSR originally. Uh-huh. Yep. He's worked at Mayfair Games. He's worked at West End mm-hmm. Games. Wow. And, and well, he's done loads of stuff. He's, uh, yeah. he's definitely a proper person who's been in the industry for ages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He knows his stuff. Absolutely. Uh, and that, that's basically it. Um, he's, uh, he's, he's heading up the D&D team. Uh, Jeremy Crawford and Chris Perkins report to him. They both say he's very nice. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> that's, the, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the news. Fantastic news. Oh, well, there we go. So, um, congratulations to Way Winninger on their not-so-new position. Yeah, yeah. I wonder when you did start, then. I'm going to guess, like, late last year. Well, we know it's at least four months ago, potentially up to five, because, obviously, it being the end of April, there are at least four months. Um yes. So, assuming nothing happened over Christmas, then, yeah. Yeah. Oh. I guess it's just a mystery. Hmm. Yeah. Hey, I... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Le- uh, the Le- I don't know if you said Lioness or Leoness. Leoness role-playing game. Oh, yes. Has been released. Oh. And this is the one that's based on um, um, Jack Vance type stuff. Nice. Uh, it transports you to the Elder Isles where King oh. Casimir plots to seize control of the Ten Kingdoms. Goodness. And you've got mission magicians locked in private battles of wit, will, and magical intrigue. That is um, pretty exciting. Yeah. I can't lie. Yeah. So it's based on Jack Vance's trilogy, um, Soldier's Garden, The Green Pearl, and Maduk, or Madauk, Maduk. Uh-huh. Uh, available to buy from DriveThruRPG, print and PDF, hardcover, and softcover. What? But it's Badness. not cheap. The hardcover Why? is seventy nine ninety nine. Oh, is that dollars? Dollars. The softcover is seventy four ninety nine. It's not a lot cheaper than the hardcover. Oh, that seems like that'll be worthwhile. And then the What's PDF the is twenty five dollars. 
not a cheap it's not a cheap product that one that, uh, that is a lot of money yeah let me just check the page count on that yeah, yeah. Not, not that I suggest that all games no, no we're not in the business of selling by the weight it's all about the quality but it is 510 pages oh uh, that's it's a big old book that's like nearly what's that how that's like oh, that's a bit shorter than the uh, PHB and the DMG for D&D. It's yeah, it's a little bit shorter yeah. than the Pathfinder Second Edition book. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's definitely in the. There's two decent sized books in there. Mm. Uh, do we know what system it uses? What what funny dice you roll? Um, I can guess it's its own system. Right, right. Oh, I'm looking. I'm looking at the product listing right now. It doesn't specifically say so. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to guess so. Interesting. Yeah. Well, so it's been a pretty eventful week either way. Oh, trader. There's a trader. Uh, Did you see the trader for mythological figures and Maleficent monsters? Oh, no, I haven't. You didn't see the trader? It's escaped my attention sad times. Really, truly marvellous. It's a marvellous, marvellous thing. Let me find it for you. Okay, so it's just about a minute long. Achilles, Arthur, Beowulf, Conan, Loki, Merlin, Dracula. So I guess that's what's it, Boudicca, King Arthur, and I don't know, some guy. <laughs> some guy. Uh, um, guy in red? Do you know? No, I think uh, on the cover, I think, was that um, uh, the Norse, the Norse um, Brunhild? Oh, okay. Yeah, some sort of Valkyrie then. Mm. I can see that. Is that chap, is that tattoos or is that armour? Might be tattoos, maybe it's Valkyrie. I'm, I'm actually looking at it right now, I don't know. Uh, okay, but either way, very exciting. Yeah. Uh, other, other news, other news, other news. Uh, there's a few uh, interesting EN World articles. So there is um, Shane, Shane Stacks, a good friend oh, Shane Stacks. Yes. Uh, his latest uh, satirical column or called The Fumble was um, about uh, a, a player who refuses to use his mute button while playing online. That monster. Uh, Mike Myers got a new 5e epic monster. Uh, the Karkadan, which is a Persian mythological creature uh, with uh, a bit like a, a black unicorn with scales. All right. Black scaly unicorn. Yeah. One of those things. Why the hell not? Yeah. yeah. Obviously. Oh, yes. Karkadan. Now you mentioned it. How obvious. <laughs> uh, Jonathan Tweet, who is, was oh, the yes. D&D 3rd edition lead designer, uh, creator of, or co-creator of 13th Age and all sorts of stuff. Um, one of the biggest people in the industry, basically. Uh, yeah. He posted an essay on alignment in oh. D&D and how the design teams approached it over the various editions. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting. It is. Uh, Andy Peregrine talks about going diceless. He um. uh, discusses some diceless RPGs like Amber, uh, mm-hmm. Nobilis, Lords of Gossamer, and Shadow, and mm. stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, and... Yeah, and Mike Tresker talks um, talks about some of the different programs and services that you can use to play D&D online. Fantastic. Like, beyond the virtual tabletop, he's looking more about video conferencing and screen sharing and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so don't try and record your Zoom conference using... If you're also using QuickTime, because that has rarely ended well. <laughs> yeah. Well, For us, anyway. Yeah. yeah. Well, it seems like quick time is the is the common denominator of that, doesn't it? Mm-mm-mm. Right, I think I think we're done with the news. Fantastic. Yeah, you want to go through a few kickstarters? Yeah, let's pick out some interesting names from Egg Embry's amazing column about quick starters and kickstarters that are about to end quickly. 
Okay. Well, Deadlands, we mentioned it before, but that's ending yeah. soon. Oh, when are they finishing? Uh, on Wednesday, May the 13th. Okay. So two so weeks. Just, just under about. two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we mentioned that last week, I think, didn't we? I think we did mention that, yes. But yeah. It's exciting. We can mention it twice. There's a, a spaghetti fantasy RPG. Oh, what's that? Brantia or something like that. Brancelonia. Brancelonia, yes. It's like it's... Barcelona, but Brantia. Well, it's Italian. Yes. Uh, so would that be Brancelonia? Or is it more of a... Ch- I don't Bran- know. Brancelonia. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'll just shrug. It's, uh, it's coming back to last week with Francia or Frankia. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I liked your pronunciation. It was a lot Francia than anything else. Yeah, except that we did find it online. Did you not see that link where I put? I found the pronunciation and I was right. It is Francia. Were you right? Yeah. That's true. So all of this, all this mocking me. <laughs> Don't you oh, have egg on your face? Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> why not? <laughs> Uh, but uh, <laughs> but uh, Brancelonia or Brancalonia is an all Italian setting for a fifth edition. Oh, okay, so it's for D and D. Well, it's it's a specific period initially. It's like what's it, spaghetti fantasy or something? Yeah, it's based on Italian folklore and history and pop culture. Yes, yeah, well, certainly my Facebook feed has been filled with damn thing, yeah. which is how I'm aware of it because it's like I'm actually being targeted by ads. I'm like, yeah, that's all right. Well, I'm looking at the, um, whatchamacallit, inspirations for it. Mm. So, it's a bit of a list. We've got Pinocchio. We've got Dante's Thank Divine you. Comedy. We've got Spaghetti okay. Western movies. Uh, we've got The Princess Bride, Lady Hawk, Flesh and Blood, The Name of the Rose, Da Vinci's Demons, yeah. and some video games like Assassin's Creed. Yes. So, the range of inspiration for it is quite quite wide. So, basically, anything which was even vaguely Italian and fantasy-related, they put as a list of inspirations. Yeah, basically, anything where they yeah. even mention the word Italy in it. It's like yeah, the or, Italian or, or job. Italian um, there's yeah. minis in it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was gone with something like The Name of the Rose, but I'm just a poser, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, The Name of the Rose is there. It is oh, in is that list, yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, they did, in fact, go with The Name of the Rose. Good yeah, times. Yeah. Uh, there's also Earthdawn 4th edition, uh, mm. Lopos Lair of Deceit, so it's the source book for Earthdawn 4th edition. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Earthdawn, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Have they it's fixed a, the system? Well, it's, it's so a source it's... book for it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Venture trying... into the Age of Legend. Mm. I had no okay. idea. Sorry, I'm scrolling up the Right, so what we got? We got uh, a source book, 256 pages. Mm-hmm. Uh, about uh, Bar Save's most secretive city and family. Right. Yes. Um, I'm not. Earthborn, I'm not. If I'm recording the right thing, being basically sort of like a fantasy version of Shadowrun, in that it's relied on the same sort of conceits, uh, and also being an excellent reason why they, you might have a dungeon that's full of bizarre things and treasure and monsters, which nobody has yet stolen from. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, we got. Sunken Dungeon D&D and Colouring. A cut-and-paste colourable RPG. D&D and crayons. Okay. Um, well, sign me up for that and a nice jar of paste. But what's, uh, what's all that about? So each player cuts out and customises a character. Yes. And I'm looking at the little GIF video thing here. And basically you literally cut out bits and assemble them onto, onto the character. Okay. And then okay. colour it nice. in. So yeah. you like take a cut out sword and you put it on the on the picture and you take out yeah, this. Yeah. 
Uh, and then you work with the rest of the group for a choose-your-own-adventure-style story. Fantastic. Okay, that's a novel and different way of approaching it. Yeah. 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 I mean, it looks like it's, it's for kids, it looks like, but it looks fun. Yeah. Play a little bit of dress-up. Why not? Why not? Why not? Why not? Yeah. Uh, dungeons your party will die for. Not die in. Die for. Ah, uh, sad times. Hmm. Ten one-shot adventures for D&D Fifth Edition. Oh, and okay. OSR games. Well, there we go. Hmm. But it sounds like there's a certain amount of system neutrality keep creeping in there. Hmm. So there's a great deal of death traps. Well, it's a 32 page book and they're all one page. 32 pages with 10 one page adventures. Yeah. Don't know. Don't, I know what your question is. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like hmm. <laughs> that page count those numbers um i'm sure it's full of like plenty of pretty plenty of pretty pictures yes yeah okay um when's that kickstarter end that kickstarter ends friday may the 8th friday may the 8th in a week's time so yeah get it get it while it's hot and it will cost you 15 australian dollars oh 15 australian dollars hmm like the old dollary do hmm yeah Ooh, what's this what's this the Sickest oh. Witch Solo Story Mode. <laughs> okay. Um, tell me more. The name intrigues me. I will tell you more. Yes. So I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it. So there's a, there's a pretty black box with pink writing and uh, diagrams and stuff on it. And a whole lot of cards cool. and dice. All sounds like essential role-playing game accessories. So 69 cards, six custom D4s, a D20 and a black drawstring bag and player mats and enemy mat and stuff. So, right. So in the Sickest Witch solo story mode, you take on an apprentice mm-hmm. who is not only in need of training, but is also looking for revenge. Together, you will hunt town guards and warriors, collecting their body parts Ooh. and imbuing them with power. Ooh. Okay. So, uh, yeah, it, when you eliminate an enemy, flip their card over to see yes. what body part you have harvested from them. Well, perfect for young girls of every age. <laughs> and young boys, indeed. Is that perfect for children of every age? Yes, yes. Let's see what body parts we've managed to tear from the bodies of our defeated enemies. Huh. Yeah. Well, that ends on Sunday, this weekend. Oh, yes. So in two days from now, or if this goes, if this podcast goes out tomorrow, tomorrow, uh-huh. uh, and it will cost you twenty nine dollars plus uh, seven dollars shipping for a physical boxed copy. I presume that's shipping within the US because I very much doubt it would. Uh, US shipping, yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so, well there you go. That's for one for our US listeners. Mm. Yeah, and that's, oh, that's, that's the sickest witch. Yeah, that's that's the Kickstarter accurate down. title. Yeah, yeah. Um, just just as a quick note on Kickstarters, Egg Embry says, because yeah. he's keeping track of them, and I'm, I'm interested in this while the pandemic's going on, because I don't mm. know whether to launch or when to launch my Kickstarters. So yes. uh, he says uh, this week he's got two projects in the six-figure US dollar club, mm. uh, three in the five-figure club, and at least three in the four-figure club. Nice, nice. So people are still going for the Kickstarters. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't seem like the Kickstarters, there's been a drastic drop. So I don't know. It sounds like Kickstarters are kind of doing okay so far. 
Yeah, yes. Um, I know Frosthaven, the sequel to the Gloomhaven board game, mm. which many people keep on trying to tell me is like D&D in a box, which is something I strongly disagree with. Mm. But it is like, you know, many people's approach to role-playing, mm. I guess. Uh, that is doing extraordinarily well. Again, they are spending a lot of money on adverts. The board games do, though. Yes, yes, but this is doing... Board games always are order of magnitude larger than RPGs of these things. Oh, but this is doing... It's doing especially well even for a uh, board game. Hmm. Six hours to go. It has... Oh, my God. Okay, of a $500,000 goal, it's looking at $11.6 million. Wow. Yeah. Not even beating critical goal. Yeah. So how long does Gloomhaven Gloomhaven have left? Six hours. Six Ooh, hours. It's going to be close then. It's going to be close. It will be close. It's going to be one of those what ones that in the last hours you can watch it and the number will just be like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do quite enjoy that. Mm. But um, yeah, Ooh, exciting times. <sighs> there we go. That's all the miniatures in place. Now, where are my players? Oh, hi, Jimmy. Hi. Am I late? No, no, you're just on time. But, uh, Jimmy? What's up, mate? What the... What are you wearing? Oh, this? Oh, this? This is this is just my D&D gear. Mm-hmm. I, I, get the, I get the T-shirt and maybe the baseball cap, but don't you think the rest is going a little far? Hey, look, T&D is cool now, and I want everyone to know how cool I am. By wearing D&D socks. You should see my underpants. Is it okay if I don't? Your loss. Hey, really, you should get yourself some of this stuff. I know a guy. A guy? Yeah, he fixes me up with all the latest D&D merch. Make sure I don't miss out, if you know what I mean. You mean, like a dealer? have to put it like that. Look, he set me up with this awesome D&D wallet. Yes, yes, I see. That's very nice. Isn't it? I was being sarcastic. And what's that? What's what? Is is that a tie over a t-shirt? Oh, yeah, 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 that's my D&D tie. Cool, isn't it? Mm, don't you think you might have gone a little bit far? How else would everybody know how cool I am? Geeks are cool. Didn't you get the memo? Yeah, I know Geek's cool, but you, my friend, are in serious danger of undoing all that progress in one fell swoop. Oh, I get it. Oh, do you now? Yeah, I see right through you. You're jealous. I am not. Yes, you are. You saw my D&D lunchbox, and now you're jealous. I assure you, I am not jealous of your D&D lunchbox. You're green with envy. No, I am not. Uh, what is it then? What is it? Is it the shirt, the socks, the underpants, the hat, the tie, the wallet, the lunchbox? Feeling a bit inadequate, are we? Not such a great DM after all, huh? If you think I value my worth as a dungeon master by how much pointless tact I've managed to acquire, you, my friend, are way off the mark. Oh, really? Then what's that? What's what? That, right there. That's D&D. See? What do you mean? That's D&D, the actual game we're here to play. Look at it. D&D logos all over the place. Dragons, wizards. But that's the whole point. This, here, it's D&D, the game. You're just in denial, mate. Look, just let go. Join us. 
Ugh, well... Look, I have a little D&D badge here. You can have it. For free. For free? Yeah. First one's on me, mate. Oh, well. Okay, I suppose. Just just one little badge. There you go. Doesn't that feel better? Yeah, I suppose it does. Thanks, Jimmy. You're welcome, mate. Uh, Jimmy? What's up? Can I have your underwear? Hello, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We just wanted to mention our Patreon. Peter, are you familiar with our Patreon? Oh, is it uh, patreon.com slash Morris? Yes. M-O-R-R-U-S. At patreon.com forward slash Morris, you can find our Patreon, which is what pays for our podcast and buys yes. us all these wonderful microphones and yes. mixers and other little bits and pieces. And wires, so many wires. And all these wires. Uh, we have a load of wonderful Patreon backers at the moment. And yes. those backers get... We cherish you all. Yes, we do cherish them very much. And those yes. backers get bonus content every single week, just as a thank you for uh, for backing our Patreon. And because they're so awesome and so quick off the mark, they also get to like talk to us in our Discord channel, which is pretty good. Mm. And we'll sometimes even deign to answer that. Uh, but even more importantly, when we have guests coming onto the show, they have the opportunity to ask questions of those guests. Mm. Um, and then we will pass on the questions that we think we our guests will answer. So please, if you do enjoy the podcast, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Morris. Link will be in the show notes. Yes. And support us, even with just a dollar a month. Every little, every little bit helps. Uh, anyway, Russ, I thought I might take this opportunity, if it's all right, mm-hmm. to say that due to the sudden surplus of time at my desk that I am blessed with, I decided to actually do something about it. Mm-hmm. it essentially, it's a, I decided to write a role-playing game supplement. Oh, I knew you were writing a book, but I thought it was your memoir. Well, I, I tried writing my memoir, <laughs> but it was over really quickly. It's like, you know, <laughs> Yeah, a role-playing just, game supplement, you say? A role-playing game supplement. Uh, yes, yes. For a certain role-playing game that is known to be quite popular. A uh, popular role-playing game. That would have to be DC Heroes in the 80s. Well, DC Heroes is, as I understand it, pretty pretty popular and uh, is a widely underrated system. But uh, I was actually thinking something a bit closer to home. Oh, I can't think of any other popular RPGs. I'm sure you could if you tried hard enough. Um, or Amber Diceless. Yes, yes, that's that's just crying out for my contribution. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't you tell me then, what is this popular role-playing game, this so-called role-playing game that uh, you've, you've, uh, you've written, you've written, you're writing a supplement for? Yeah, well, in a move that will surprise absolutely no one, I'm talking about... Uh, Powered by the Apocalypse, no. <laughs> uh, I'm talking about 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons. Never heard of it. Oh, okay. Well, you know, it's, it's pretty popular. We should probably feature it on the podcast at the time. <laughs> I think people might be might be interested. It's, it, it's, not, it's, not, it's not for everyone, but I think it's got a certain niche appeal which could uh, <laughs> have some popularity. Some might say even a cult following. I don't quite understand what the appeal of Dungeons or Dragons are, to be honest. Well, you don't go to the right sort of parties. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anyway. Yeah, so we your book is... Yes, um, I'm not quite sure on the title yet, but the theme 
is addressing the missing third pillar of Dungeons and Dragons. Which is... Exploration. Exploration? Uh, exploration, yes. The consistent narrative that I've always had is that 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons rests on three pillars. Social, combat, and exploration. Mm. And whilst there are rules for exploration that you can find in various places in the Player's Handbook and Dungeon Master's Guide, pff, well, they're not very good. Um, or... That's not actually strictly fair. They are quite good, but they're very limited in scope, and they don't really address like how you'd actually include them in your game. Hmm. Now I have a confession to make to our listeners. Uh-huh. You know, just now I was doing a whole thing where I was acting like I didn't know about your book that you were writing. It was all a lie, because you I told know. me about it yesterday. I did tell you about it yesterday. Yes. <laughs> I know. I'm shocked at this perfectly. Quite frankly, how could you how could you lie to our listeners for us? I, I know, I'm ashamed. I had to come clean. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, and also, <laughs> due to... Uh, and also, let, let's face it, the reason we are talking about this right now is because due to um, what we can only describe as administrative oversight, we neglected to have a topic of the week or a guest appearing on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Hudson is the guest this week. Well, yeah, so if you're prepared to listen to me blather about exploration in D&D, then, or you could even ask me some questions. I'll try and keep my answers concise in under 10 seconds. Okay. Okay. So, let's ask, let's ask you some questions. Better. What are your inspirations? And you're not allowed to um, say David Bowie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, my inspirations would be stuff like Willard Price, Robinson Crusoe, um, to a certain extent, Lord of the Rings, mm. um, and um, like pulp adventure and uh, pulp science, and even to a certain extent, pulp science fiction. So you say Lord of the Rings. I think that's one of those examples of a story where mm-hmm. the journey is the story. Yeah, uh, it's like the story and the journey are pretty important. It's like they don't just set off and say, "Ah, we'll be fine." The matter of finding food and water and drink and everything like that, that's really important to them. And the like, Hobbit as well. They're, they're, yeah, exactly. They're literally in danger of starving mm. because they can't find um, food. It's like mm. they, they come to blows over whether you should eat uh, potatoes cooked or with fish. C- cooked or with fish? Uh, by, Is it a binary but, choice? Hey, you'd have to ask Gollum about that. <laughs> So what about game systems? Are you sort of looking at any other game systems or how they handle it or taking any sort of inspiration from those? Um, it's not really something that you find in a lot of other game systems. Mm. I'm actually drawing sort of upon D&D's like, various previous iterations, things like the 4th edition skill challenges. Yep. That's pretty important. But it's it sort of feels like I, I can see... You know, like for archaeologists, occasionally when they want, when they're like going into a field, they look out and they can see where shadows appear on the field, where like old buildings used to be. So you can mm-hmm. basically see where the foundations were, mm-hmm. but you have to be looking at it in just the right way. I sort of feel like I've been doing that. I can see where they fully intended to put in exploration and then for whatever reason didn't. Hmm. Like I that. And why. when I talk about exploration, a lot of people think you mean random encounter tables which are either like social or combat things and that's not exploration that is 
random encounters of a social or combat variety. I don't think there is a topic that you're passionate about, because I think over the last couple of years, uh you've brought it up quite a lot of times. Yeah, it's because it's it's been on my brain this long, man. I've been thinking about it a lot. I've been been inflicting it on my players in several different campaigns, because I am really interested in it. Because it solves a lot, if you do it right, exploration solves a lot of problems in D&D. Mm. Do you are you talking about like resource tracking and stuff like that as well, or do you think that's a bit too uh, uh, well, tedious? Well, things like resource tracking has an extremely bad reputation, with mm. reason, because like sitting at a table calculating pounds and ounces is really boring. Uh, and who has time for that sort of thing? Wait a minute. One of the focal points of our podcast, and the reason that people tune in so much, yeah. Yeah, yeah. is because we provide yeah. the information. That nobody else does, and we weigh RPG books. Absolutely. So it's like we we need to know how, but but once you know how much the RPG book weighs, you know how many you carry in your standard loadout as a games master, <laughs> <laughs> and you don't want to become encumbered. Otherwise, like you start losing like movement feet per round, and like yeah, you incur penalties. Nah, that, that's terrible. You know what? But when I see things like the um, Pathfinder book encumbrance system i'm like this is really clever Mm -hmm. it's a quick and dirty method to do it at the table to make sure you can just say we know roughly what can be done Mm. and that's the sort of level of granularity that i want in my fifth dead games i want to be able to do it rather than having to go through some complicated process which would be better often on a spreadsheet how much of it is it is it just the outline you've got so far uh well it was when i sent it to you now i've got uh, about 16 pages all right well getting there well I have a lot sort of it's gathering information from various sources yeah. and putting it in and then a lot of it's just explaining things. But I've spent the past I don't know, eighteen months, something like that. Mm. Running things like West March's campaign. Well I was just gonna say you're chapter three here, running a West March's game. You've got yeah. an entire chapter all about West March's games. Yeah, yeah, because it's uh again it's a niche interest, but it's something that's quite popular. I and it pop- definitely appeals to you, doesn't it? Because you bring it up quite a bit. So I, I do. It's almost like I'm really interested in exploration and have thought about it a lot. And I'm trying to make it work within the 5th edition rule set. So what, what is a West Marches game, for those people that don't know? Uh, the West Marches game uh, refers to... It's like, you'll have to bear with me because like exact dates and figures and people's names are not something I'm super good with. But yeah, it was uh, aren't really yeah. something you're, you're you're particularly familiar with, but yeah, well, yeah, that's certainly one way to look at it. Um, <laughs> but essentially, it's a concept from somebody running, I think, in three point five. And what you had was you had a GM with a surfeit of players. They had like twenty players. Mm. So the idea is, is the players organise themselves into groups of four or five and say, "We would like to play at this point here." And you also have a map that you create. Mm-hmm. And they say, we'd like to go and explore over here into this hex. And then what follows is the process of exploration. And you're following the journey. As they get there, they explore, they do their dungeon delve. And uh, then they make, it way, make their way back to civilization. I mean, pretty much exploration. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And I, I, it appeals to me on a variety of levels. I was, I was going to ask you about where you plan to release it and all that sort of stuff, and I know already that you don't know yet, so because we were talking about it yesterday. So, well, I, it's something that um, I'm pretty happy to discuss. Uh, it would be good to get a Kickstarter done because things like 
like the, the words I've pretty much got sorted. Mm-hmm. I know what I'm going to say, how I'm going to say it, and it's just turning it into actual material. Yeah. That's going to be a fairly quick process. Uh, the actual bookification process, how one takes it from... That, like, is, the, that is the technical term, yeah, bookification. Yeah. I think they call it publishing or something. No, they call um, it bookification. Oh, bookification. That's okay, my job. I, I'm a, I'm a book, 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 bookifier. Bookifier. <laughs> 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 anyway, so the bookification. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, it, like, to be a proper product, it requires like a cover, and it requires like interior art, maybe an explanatory diagram. Uh, a lot of the stuff I've playtested already, but the thing that I think will be a really good selling point for a lot of GMs mm. is I'm not proposing anything that is a massive departure from the core rules. Yeah, This isn't like Peter's wacky homebrew stuff, which requires you to have lots of different things. What it does is it actually uses and relies to a certain extent upon the core rulebook. So if you like the core rulebook ranger... This is a way, in fact, that was really essential to me in working out what an exploration system should look like. Yeah. So that the core ranger, despite people saying they render exploration pointless, would still have something to do. Right. So it's less a book of new rules and more a book of how to use the rules to create Yeah, the, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's, a, it's a manual of like the way to interpret the existing guidance. Sure. And it's things like there are supposed to be six encounters a day. Mm-hmm. I stumbled upon this idea because uh, i was basically playing for time in a session i was like okay we well, come across a river and then i'm sat there realize while they're talking about it, i realized actually crossing the river is a big exercise in teamwork the players are role playing amongst each other in a non-combat situation mm-hmm. trying to work out how to do it they're trying to solve pr- problems it doesn't really matter what i don't have a set way for them to solve it whatever way they come up with will be more or less valid and then I can use the the core strengths of fifth edition which is just improvising mm-hmm. like rules checks and let them come up with their own solutions myself I'd probably try and chop down a tree or I'd get someone strong to swim across with a rope or like try and take a grappling hook throw it across but any of these things will work do you know what I would do um, what would you do helicopter mm-hmm Always an essential item in any first level adventurer's backpack. <laughs> the helicopter. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, it does. It does look like it's going to be a good book. But I am definitely curious to find out how you're going to go about the bookification side of it because that's the side of it that I'm. You know, that's, that's that's my job. So you know, I know I know how that sort of stuff works. So if you need, well, I was any, hoping I was hoping you could help me out. With that. If, if you need any yeah. help, I will do yeah. so for a princely sum of one million dollars. Um, have you got any? I hope you're not talking US. I might be able to stretch the Zimbabwean dollar. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll help you out. Cool. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, no, that'd be really good. I mean, um, I'll draw all the art for you. Mm, 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 mm. Mm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Suddenly, you don't want my help anymore. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, foolish. Are you saying I'm... stick figures? Are you saying that you're so you're so high and mighty, you're so special that stick figures just aren't good enough for you? Is that what you're right. saying? If you've got Rich Burlu on speed dial, the order of the stick guy, then absolutely. <laughs> but you know what? I'm not. I'm not opposed to stick figures. Um, it's not. It's not really how I would choose to 
it's not really how I choose to consume the medium. The problem is I know that I, I've seen Kickstarters. Mm. They need to have pretty artwork yeah. or they won't sell because yeah. that's what people respond to. Mm-hmm. And the ideas um, are strong and people respond well to them mm. because you can throw in extra encounters. The idea isn't... I have described it as like elaborate death trap rules and it's sort of similar to that, but, you, but the goal isn't to kill the players because like that's really boring. The goal is to make their lives tougher by giving them conditions of which there is an appendix full of them so it's like it's a way to actually bring these into play because a lot of the monsters should be inflicting conditions but aren't Mm. so this way you can actually have things that use up resources and it's like just a different way of thinking about the existing core rule set that i think Mm. will make the game more fun well i can definitely help you get art and stuff i mean the problem with art isn't getting the art and getting it done it's funding it obviously and that's what you have the kickstarter for Absolutely, which requires people to actually know about what I'm doing, and this is this is a problem because I don't really have a lot of people who know me or my work. Because I'm, well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, my bit of advice for a Kickstarter is: mm-hmm. don't suddenly announce that you've got a Kickstarter. Announce mm-hmm. it long, long before, and mm-hmm. make sure people know it's coming. And then when you launch it, they should be waiting for it. Absolutely, that's how yeah. you run a Kickstarter. And don't okay. don't email a new site when your Kickstarter has only a week left to go mm-hmm. and hasn't funded, and say, "Oh, <laughs> can you can you boost the signal?" Because it's too bloody late then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very true with that sort of turnaround. So, um, I guess we talked a lot about Kickstarter, so it's time to say, "Well, here we go." Oh, we've got to come up with a title title for your the, Kickstarter. The, 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 like, I, I, <laughs> I do have some title ideas. Well, but, I've got uh, some title ideas. Okay. Peter Coffey's big book of D&D rules, which are all about exploration, which is the missing tier of D&D 5th edition. It's a pillar, but yeah, sure. (laughs) So this is sort of a setting, this is going to be a setting agnostic tool, Mm. which you can take and use in anything, because you will have a natural world in any game that you're running. Mm. Um, and be able to use it. I think one of the key suggestions I've had so far is uh, throw in some magic items and some monsters, mm-hmm. and also to have a, like a little mini adventure mm. to demonstrate how how easy it is to put it in. Because quite frankly, if you want to tax the party's resources, having them try and climb something or deal with, or it can be anything. It's like you know, a lot of the stuff focuses on low levels because that's my experience. But as you get to higher levels, you throw in even weirder, stranger things, which I think yeah. is also I think, quite I fun. think what I, I tend to find is I think most GMs are mm. well-meaning when it comes to travel. But mm. after they've, you know, people have had to cross their 74th river or climb oh, their yeah, 15th yeah. cliff, you know, it's, it's just coming up with these, coming up with obstacles and continuing to come up with them over and over again. And it does start to get difficult. So if your book mm-hmm. helps people with that... Yeah, that's why I've been looking at natural hazards and mm. so forth. And because uh, there's a variety of. Have you looked at the Dukes of, of Hazards? Yes. Because one of my earlier, uh, you asked me earlier about things that I have been, uh, what's it, influenced by. Mm. I'd also put things like the SAS Survival Handbook mm. and the Worst Case Scenario Survival Handbook. So, yeah, it's things like um, how would you deal with, like, your party is foolishly going to go over a waterfall? Helicopter. I said earlier. Oh, yeah. Sorry. My bad. <laughs> Okay, but it's on an underground river. It, like, where, where's the where's the roof? Underground helicopter. helicopter. What am I even thinking? 
And that's and this is why you shouldn't let uh, level 11 Morris Manson into your party. <laughs> Quite frankly, I find the homebrew to be completely overpowering. Oh. But yeah, it's got loads of benefits, I found, just because when you say there's going to be a strong exploration theme, and you can expect to see that sort of thing, mm. you tend to have people don't dump strength mm. in favour of decks or decks in favour of strength. They try and have both those stats be quite useful because mm. turns out if you're doing physical exploration of a space, that tends to be the way to go. People tend to have like like not no, but less spell casting because mm. again, like uh, the problem with a lot of low level wizards and stuff is they're a bit squishy and not not very not very athletic. <laughs> yeah. I mean so, on the spellcasting front, I mean that is a game changer. But yes. I think, are you, have you seen how the One Ring does it? And like that whole setting is a lot low, more low magic, so you can't just kind of good bury your way out of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are some suggested house rules because the I find the PHB to be a bit inconsistent. Mm. Like it says in one place you need one pound of food to feed a small or medium creature for one day, mm-hmm. but rations weigh two pounds, but are only one day's worth of food. I mean, that's a hell of a lot of packaging. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying not it's economically like, friendly is it? I, I know it's like you know, you're leaving discarded wrappers all over the forgotten realms or whatever um, create food and water says it creates food for like uh, 30 people and 15 horses mm. and when you actually look at the numbers that they quote elsewhere about how much food and water you need it's it's just not right at all it's completely wrong so mm. it's, it's little things like that yeah. and tidying it up I think just because it's not received much attention. So the main advantages are they're quick and exciting things to put in. You can use it as well as a combat encounter mm-hmm. to make it more exciting because that's one of the main things that people say, oh, your combat encounters are boring. Just throw in just throw in something else. But this this actually has a point to it. So you can, if you have these occurring on a regular basis, then it's pretty exciting. Cool. Yeah. Well, I reckon as, as you get through it, yeah, and you start planning the Kickstarter and stuff. We'll just like yeah. we'll just sneak it into the podcast, like yeah. keep sneaking in so everyone knows about it. Oh yeah, 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 oh, yeah. yeah you, you hear I, that, podcast listeners? I don't, you're not, not like going to spot our sneaky, like our sneaky ways. Our yeah, wily... product placement invisible. <laughs> <laughs> product placement in the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Who thought that the podcast would have product placement in it? Unthinkable. Anyway, I think we should wrap up now. I think we should. I just want to. I just wanted to quickly repeat. It is our hundredth episode in two weeks. May the fifteenth, we'll is. be recording it. If you can get us anything, you can email us something in text, and we might read it out to mm-hmm. morrispodcast at gmail.com. Or you can record something, and we might put it on the podcast. Don't necessarily know what we'll do yet. It depends on what we, we get. It depends on. How Daryl feels. <laughs> if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you know full well we have no idea what we're doing. But yes. we're going to do it really well. But it would be lovely to hear from people because we don't often hear from our listeners. And if, they, yeah. if you, it is a hundredth, then it would be lovely to, to hear from people. And we're going to have a big party. We're going to have Shane on. We're going to have Daryl on. Yep. We're gonna, it's going to be not right, quite as rigorous and oh. scientific as our usual podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to the um, verbal melee <laughs> the battle royale the free for all it'll be fun it'll be great I'm looking and forward to we'll it try, and, and, and we'll try and include as much stuff you can, as you can send us it'll be brilliant fantastic there we go shall we go then I think we should shall we leave these good listeners to get on with their days absolutely all thank right, you then. so much for listening 
It's it's been like what ninety eight episodes. It's been quite a hell of a ride from several countries, time zones, holidays, and just all sorts of things. But mm. yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty good. Do you feel good for another hundred or so? Uh, well, by next week. It might be a bit of a challenge by next week, but yeah, maybe maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. stretch out on some sort of weekly basis. Yeah, I, I think uh, yeah, we've done a hundred. I think yeah, all right then. Why not? Yeah, uh, okay. Well. Yeah, all right. Yeah, he did one. <laughs> they, they say the first hundred is always the hardest. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I'll do another hundred if our listeners send stuff in. If we okay. get a, a resounding silence, then I won't. If, if 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 there's like chirps and crickets and so forth, <laughs> tumbleweeds. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, just please listen. Think of the podcast. Morris at podcast gmail dot com. Yeah. There's no dot. Morris podcast at gmail dot com. It's all one word. Morris podcast. I think you'll find it works anyway. But send it to both addresses. Then of us can get the email twice. That'll cheer him up. He'll make it. He'll feel twice as popular. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. All, all right. right then. Here's Russ. Bye. 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 Apparently, I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash Morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here. <laughs>